Hello and welcome to the Bougie in a Backpack podcast. I'm Mackenzie from Travel Mackenzie, and we have a very special guest today. Today I'm here with Allison Tackett, also known as Lucky Tic Tac on Instagram. She is the founder of Award Travel Vacation and the lead points advisor at Freedom Travel Systems. She grew up taking annual family vacations to Ohio from Texas, flying Southwest, and now she's a total points and miles pro, flying all around the world in some of the best business and first class redemptions and products and hotels around the world just using points and miles. So she is a speaker at our Bougie and Backpack Virtual Travel Summit, where she is teaching about epic flights on points. So we're really excited to hear from her. She has been on so many of these really cool bucket list kind of trips. So yeah, welcome, Allison. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So how did you get started with travel? Like what did travel look like growing up? And then you transition into the points and miles world. Yeah. So growing up, you kind of hit on that in that bio. I I just flew Southwest all the time from either (laughs) San Antonio or Dallas to Columbus where my family lived. And like, I never flew anything else my entire life up until I think, uh, I think I was like a teenager when I finally flew like American Airlines to Florida or something. But um, I got into points and miles because I was trying to plan a trip with one of my friends to Washington, D.C. over like Easter. And as you know, during the holidays, flight pricing, hotel pricing is like super high and everything. And both of us got discouraged. So we canceled the trip and I was kind of upset. So I Googled how to fly for free. And I stumbled on, you know, at the time, some of the biggest points blogs um, like TPG and everything. And um that was back when points and miles was a lot harder than it is now, to be honest. But uh, that's how I got into points and miles, just kind of stumbling because I couldn't get a cash fare to work for me. Was your first kind of dipping your toes in the water of points and miles or what was your first credit card, I guess? And how did you use that? So my first credit card was the Chase Sapphire Reserve. I had zero chill. I went full blown, <laughs> like down the rabbit hole and everything's, and that's pretty typical for me. I go down the rabbit hole for everything. But uh, the Chase Sapphire Reserve, I was not afraid of that high annual fee. I convinced myself, okay, I'm going to get into points and miles. I'm going to travel more. Um, but for some reason, like the first couple of years I was into points and miles, I never redeemed a single point. I just hoarded my points like a squirrel during like getting ready <laughs> for hibernation or something. So, um, yeah. Do you recommend Chase Sapphire Reserve as the first card for a lot of people? Because I think it's kind of, it, it is a card that people, usually people starting off, they're terrified of annual fees. That one kind of covers a lot of bases, but do you think it is a good idea for most people? I think for 90% of people, honestly, the Chase Sapphire Reserve is not going to be the right card for them. The Sapphire Preferred, the Baby Brother, is going to be mm-hmm. the better card just because it has that lower annual fee to get into it. And typically it has a higher elevated welcome offer than the Sapphire Reserve. The only reason I would say get the Sapphire Reserve is if you are planning on definitely you're already traveling multiple trips per year or your home airport, or you frequently travel through an airport that has priority pass restaurants. Mm-hmm. Or if you if your home airport now has a Chase Sapphire lounge, I guess as well. Yeah, because you still get the unlimited access with, with uh, having the Sapphire Reserve, which you would not get complimentary, like multiple access to the Sapphire lounges if you had a priority pass through like Amex or Capital One. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point too. I didn't even think about that, but um, yeah. So when you, you said you had earned a lot of points and you kind of just like hoarded them all. Do you, did you have like, how many points was that that, that you ended up having at the end of the day? <laughs> I, I think I had at the time like a million chase points. Oh my gosh. Honestly. Uh <laughs> in like five hundred thousand AA miles. Like I wow. heard like ridiculously amount of points. How um did you earn all those points from opening from different sign up bonuses or was that all just from spend? It was a combination of just regular spend and new card offers. Uh, I also got a lot from like my family spend because they've been like super excited to like they don't want to do it but they're going to help mm -hmm. me do the spend and open up the cards to get the points as well oh that's a really good that's a good tip for people if they if they can't get their their family to do like points and miles and get into it it's like well at least let me use you so that i can like spend like you guys can spend for me and then i'll get the points <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's like the biggest way that i earn my you know points right now is honestly just through spend for my family, one of my family members built a house, so I got a lot oh, of wow. uh, welcome offers over the last couple of years with that as well. Although, would you say that? Would what are your favorite points to earn? Ooh, ooh. Um, honestly, I'm gonna go uh, two of them. Okay, I love mm -hmm. Chase because it's hard for me to pass up the Chase to Hyatt transfer with that. Yeah, there's so many great hotels and. Aside from the all-inclusives, you know, those Hyatt properties, they only cap out at 45,000 points mm -hmm. per night for like, you know, the Park Hyatt New York. I mean, it's hard to pass that up when those same properties with Hilton or Marriott and even IHG, they're going to cost upwards of 120, 150,000 points per night. So you're saving over 100,000 points just with the Hyatt transfer. So I use most of my chase points for Hyatt and then uh, American Express for flights because they have mm -hmm. amazing transfer partners. They almost always are running some sort of transfer bonus as well, where you can save your points and stretch them further as well. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. That's my; those are my top two, and I think in the same order. Because and Chase, the real the thing that really differentiates it for me is the Hyatt access. Because I otherwise would not recommend transferring credit card points to hotels if if it's not for that or. Um, with with Amex though, I really like using their for flights because they have those. Sometimes they'll have like twenty percent. Usually, there's always something going on with them. They have like twenty percent bonuses to transfer the points where you earn when you transfer them over. You you get twenty percent more of the points once they're in the airline. So yeah, that's really <laughs> I agree on that one. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Yeah, and I think last year they had like a 50% transfer bonus to Hilton, too. So sometimes it can make sense to transfer to Hilton mm-hmm. when you're talking about those aspirational properties like the Conrad Bora Bora, uh, but maybe not, you know, the Hampton Inn down the street. <laughs> yeah. So do you, after you finally like took the plunge and started spending these points, do you usually keep a lot of points on hand? Like, do you have like a stockpile of points usually, or do you kind of, do you try to like spend them as fast as possible? I try and spend them as fast as possible. Cause you never know when like devaluations happen and like, you know, this week we saw Turkish, they devalued their I award know. program. Uh, luckily, I don't have any, I don't really have, I don't have any city points because I closed all my city accounts because I just was done with it. And then mm. uh, I only have like 20,000 like Capital One points. So I can't even cha- transfer my points to Turkish if I wanted to right now. But um, Earn and Burn is the name mm-hmm. of the game. You want to spend your points as fast as possible. But I do try and keep on hand about 200,000 points and like my favorite points currencies between Chase, Amex, and honestly, American Airlines as well, just because you never know when something's going to pop up that you want to take and I get bored and I book flights. I I feel that. I think it's good to have, I mean, I try not to transfer points into the airlines, but like having a sum on hand, just in case something happens where you need to book something right away or there's amazing availability, it's like you ought to be ready to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was like, you know, a couple of years ago, uh, United had like this big sale and you could fly basically anywhere in Asia Pacific uh, in business class for 80,000 points. And you could literally go from anywhere in Asia Pacific to anywhere in the United States. And I jumped on it and booked a flight to or back from New Zealand, but I only had like 80,000 points in Chase at the time. And I was like, okay, well, I got to figure out another way to to get there. And it worked out, but if I didn't, if I had more of a stockpile, and that's what I learned from that is have a stockpile. That way you can take advantage of these flash sales when they come up. You would say a good stockpile would be like 200,000 points ready to go. I would say for one or two people that you're uh, using your points for, that's a perfect stockpile. Or maybe if you're flying a family and you're only focusing on economy redemptions, 200,000 points is, is a good way to have. But uh, if you've got a family of 10 or something that you're trying to get in business class, you got to have that stockpile 
a lot higher to be able to redeem points for that. Yeah, that's where you might need that million. <laughs> Ready <laughs> yeah. to go? Yeah. So, um, so what was your what has been your favorite business class or first class that you've flown so far? Or you can you don't have to pick one. I know it's like it's like picking your children, right? Like, <laughs> what's your <Yeah>. favorite? <laughs> Oh man, uh, I'm going to go with a really unpopular opinion on this one. Ooh, and honestly, I controversial. Yeah, I really love Qantas business class, okay? I've okay. never had a bad experience with Qantas business class. Like I was trying to take pictures of myself one time in this cabin and flight attendants full on went a full photo shoot for me to help <laughs> me like with props and everything. I mean, we were bringing out the champagne. I don't drink, but they were bringing out the champagne for me. But um, it, it's a really solid product in terms of it's a lie flat, non-stops, plenty of non-stops, you know, from the US to Australia. And I mean, it's hard to find a word availability, but that's where those flash sales come in handy. But uh, I'm going to go with Qantas. I, I'm surprised I said that, but Qantas, it's, fun, it's, it's great. I've never heard anyone say that it was their, like, usually people are like, oh, like Emirates or, or uh, Qatar, like, it, but yeah, I mean, that's, it, you've, you've flown enough that you know, like, you know what you like, and that's, mm -hmm. that's good. So how did you, um how did you book that one? Was that, did you book it through Qantas or? I actually booked that through American Airlines for 80,000 points uh, in business class. And I've done that route a couple times. Um, I've done Dallas to Sydney and Dallas to Melbourne. And then I've also done Sydney to Seoul as well in Qantas business class, but it's always been solid. The food's always been great. Um, you know, it's obviously not on the level as like Emirates and Qatar, <laughs> to be honest, but it's still solid. It's, it's the black sheep, to be honest. Yeah. So it sounds like you've, you've flown to Australia or like the, I guess, Oceania quite a few times. And that I think is one of the harder places to book with points and miles. So what, what tips do you have on finding award availability for that and finding such good deals? Yeah. So this is a great question. And this is one of the things that I work with my clients a lot when I do award bookings for them is just trying to get them to think a little bit different because, um, you know, I think a lot of people feel pressure when they want to redeem points for points and miles. And especially in those premium first class and business class cabins, you know, they think if I don't get this 11 months in advance, I'm not going to get this flight. But you start to find that close in space is really plentiful, right? And you can get that. And even if you're not flexible, like over an entire month, if you're flexible by one or two days, you're going to find that space. And if you're also flexible where you're flying out of, that's even better as well. But my biggest tip for flying to New Zealand is just know that, or Australia and New Zealand, just know that award space and business class is going to open up close in and hold out, right? It usually opens up at about 30 days out and even more opens in at two weeks prior. So if you're one of those people that are like, I have to have something secured in advance, lockdown economy, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And then you switch to that business class as you get closer because it does consistently open even over the holidays as well. That's a really good tip. I, I think especially if you... It's that flight because it's so long. People want, always want to fly business class, and they can't find the award availability because it's you know you're probably looking at five months out or maybe mm -hmm. even you know eight months out. You probably won't find anything. Have you found that um, 
award space opens up within the 30 days or two weeks with certain programs more so than others or with certain alliances more so than others? Um, you know, specifically for Australia, it seems Star Alliance is really the best option in terms of like what the most availability is, just because um, United has so many routes from the West Coast that you can get there. So San Francisco, Los Angeles, and okay, Houston's not the West Coast, but they fly to, to Sydney from Houston as well. But, you know, they do open up a lot of award space close in, and sometimes they drop four, five, six, seven, even eight seats close in oh, wow. as well. So um, you don't really want to book through United because it's going to cost you 100,000 points. But if you book through Air Canada, it's going to be between 75 and yeah, 87,000 points one way per passenger. Wow, that's that is great advice. It's it's always tough to find that. And then you see it on United. So you would you would you recommend searching on United to find it and then booking it through Air Canada? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I almost start all of my Star Alliance searches, whether or not I'm looking to book through Air Canada or Fly United, Lufthansa, Swiss, any Star Alliance. I always like to start with United because they have that flexible calendar. And I love mm -hmm. making award searches easy for myself. And I can see the 30-day calendar. And then I can back, you know, even if I want to go in, you know, November, I can look at November and I can start backing up to whatever today's date is. And as you get closer to whatever today's date is, you're going to see how availability and pricing changes. So like specifically for Australia and New Zealand, you're going to see it's going to be like 300,000 points each way with United. But as you get to kind of that 30-day mark, you'll see it just drop dramatically to 100,000 points. And once you see it at that 100,000 points, you know, that's that saver rate for that route. So you can just run to Air Canada and get it for even cheaper for just 75,000 points instead. That is great, great advice. <laughs> Very good strategy. Um... Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Do you, do you have any uh, favorite hotel redemptions that you've done? This is another hard one that's like picking your favorite child again <laughs> here. Good, you can name I a guess, couple, uh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go with uh, a top pick on this one that everyone always loves. Alila Ventana Big Sur. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's a fantastic all-inclusive in Big Sur. Um, costs between 35000 to 45000 Hyatt points per night. Um, but what makes this a special redemption for me is uh, I took my aunt there mm -hmm. for the first time. And that was like one of my first redemptions that I made was taking her. And I think it's been like five or six years now since we went and she will not shut up about this redemption. <laughs> and she, she, you know, runs around telling people, oh, my niece took me a to a $2,000 a night hotel and then conveniently leaves out that like I used points for this. <laughs> So everyone is always like, oh, it must be nice to have, you know, rich family members. And then she's like, oh, no, 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 no. We use points. But it's always a special redemption because she was so happy about it. But um, I also really liked, um, what, what is it? The, the Andes Vieta. Okay. That's like such a sleeper hotel. Everyone um, goes yeah. to Vienna and stays at the Park Hyatt Vienna. 
there's nothing wrong with the park high at vienna it's fantastic okay but i just loved the the uh andes better just because you're getting a little bit more value of your points from that one it's about half the amount um but also the other top pick the park high at sydney I mean, mm-hmm. that was the first Hyatt hotel I redeemed points at, and I was blown away by just everything that went on while I was there. I really like what you said about how the the your the redemption at Big Sur was your favorite because of the the meaning behind it, and that like points and miles is not just about you know staying at these amazing hotels, but it's about you know the experience and traveling and also bringing this into your loved ones' lives and being able to experience these things together so i think that that's a really a good a good way to look at points miles like it's not just you know getting these amazing first class and five-star hotels but like what like there's a bigger meaning behind it Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and then um you you asked me my other favorite like my flight redemptions as well and one of my other favorite like flight redemptions aside from the product was when i took my mom on her first business class Mm -hmm. redemption and it was an inaugural flight. So we flew British oh. Airways in their older business class, Cincinnati to London. And we still paid, you know, like 800 bucks in taxes and fees. But honestly, for first business class redemption for her, first international flight, first, you know, business class flight as well, it was such a special moment. And she was so tickled by the service that everyone was giving her. And uh, she got so excited. She like told someone, it's my first flight. And they just kept bringing her bourbon on this place. <laughs> yeah, I love actually that. i think it was rum i don't know i don't know what she whatever means. she was having a good time <laughs> yeah i love that i i took my mom is for for christmas i could was like we like to get each other experiences and stuff and i was like i don't know what to so i decided i was like all right pick anywhere because she's also retiring this year so i was like all right pick anywhere you want to go and i'll we'll, we will go there on points and miles and she she was like, okay, Paris. I was like, okay, thank God. That's pretty easy to do. So I was like, <laughs> I was like that's a pretty easy one to do on points and miles. But we, yeah, so we're flying. This is happening later this year, but we're flying business class um, there and back. So it'll be, I'll definitely be sharing when that happens. But yeah, I don't want to say too much about it until, because I don't like to like be like, I'm doing this and then things don't work out, whatever. But I'm excited for that because I know that, and she's getting excited and we text each other back and forth about things we're going to do when we're there. And it's like experiencing that together makes it so much more special. I think that that's absolutely incredible. I look forward to seeing your stories on that one. Yeah. So speaking of stories, I saw that you were doing this, you're doing this project where it's, is it 12 new products in 12 months? Yeah. So it's 12 and 12, 12 new airline products, 12 new hotels, 12 new countries in 12 months. I think I'm a little insane for doing this. And <laughs> it actually, I know I'm insane for doing this, but it just seemed like a fun way to like utilize my points and miles this year. Uh, next year, I think I'm just going to create a new account and just call it the middle seat flyer and just really fly <laughs> middle seats for the rest of the year. But um, at least for this year, I'm definitely looking forward to the 12 and 12. I, I got to finish it out strong. Yeah. So have you, have you started already? What, what does that look like so far? Yeah, so I just finished my first trip with that. So I did KLM business class on the 78710. So first time flying uh, KLM, super excited to get my first Delft house mm-hmm. as well. Like I would not shut up about it on this flight. I was waiting for it. And then I flew Lufanza business class on their 747 on the upper deck. And that's the only reason I took that flight because it was on the upper deck of the 747. 
I just went for the classic one on that. So those were my two new products so far. I did um, the Hyatt Regency Lisbon, and then it was a new hotel. The Grand Hyatt Istanbul was a new hotel, and uh, technically the Hyatt Place Frankfurt was one. I haven't posted about that one, but that one counts, I guess, as well. Uh, but my two new countries, Portugal and Turkey, I'd never done those. Oh, wow. So you like you got extra credit because you did three new hotels and three. Well, and you did two products. So you did like <laughs> you did way more than. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to like if I am away from home too long, like my family will get mad at me because they watch my dog for me. Um, mm-hmm. So I try and like stick to, you know, I'm trying to straddle the months. So it's technically like one per month. Okay. I'm not going to be able to accomplish that most most of the year, just based on like kind of my schedule working out already. Gotcha. Okay, so you've already gotten you already got month one and two like done because you've gotten two countries out of the way, yeah. two pro- two airline products, and then three hotel three new hotel products. So, yep. um, yeah. So one one question I think a lot of people have when it comes to choosing, especially with airlines, you have business class versus first class, right? So can you explain a little bit the difference between the two and when you would opt for, obviously first class is more points, but when would you opt for, uh, it's more worth it to just do business class versus first class. Like which airlines do you think do it better? Like they have, or maybe the return, the, um, it's like depreciating returns when you go up to first class, you're like, ah, I might as well just done business class. Ooh, this is like uh, throwing some shade out at some <laughs> airlines and say, these are the first class products that are not worth it. But um, in terms of like, you know, obviously, like you said, points are going to be higher in first class than business class. But what you can expect in first class is a little bit more elevated service. You're going to have better meals. You're going to have better service. You typically are going to have a better product there as well. I don't think it's worth it on most airlines, to be honest, to pay the extra points or even if you were using cash, like it's not worth it. Right. Um, so like, I, I'm going to get so much hate for saying this, but I don't, I don't understand the love for Lufanza's first class. I really don't. There's no privacy in it at all. Sure. You're getting the awesome caviar experience, and you get the little rows and you get good service, but there's no privacy. It's, you know, eight seats in a small cabin and there's no, there's no door. There's no, um, you know, a little wall blocking you from everyone looking at you, you know? So I don't get the love. I mean, sure it's worth it, but, um, if, if the first class product is much varied, so A first class would be one that I would spend the extra points for. Emirates first class on the game changer would be one that I would pay for. I'd also pay the extra one time to do the A380 first class experience on Emirates, just because you get the shower experience as well. And full disclosure that anyone that's never done that, you are required to take a picture of yourself in the shower with the shampoo on your hair and everything and post it online. Like you have to do it, okay? If you don't do it, um, did you even fly it? Like, I don't, I don't think so. Right. No, because you have to have the receipts. Yeah. You got to have the receipts. Otherwise you're just making it up. But, um, Japan airlines first class would be another one. I would say it's great to pay the extra because again, you still get that first class. Like I won't shut up about Japan airlines first class. And I flew the mm-hmm. old product. I just liked it that much, but, um, you know, it's not worth the extra points for me to say, 
let's fly American Airlines first class on an mm-hmm. international flight. They're first class and business class product. They're not that much different. The only thing you're really going to get between them is you're going to get a nice swivel chair instead of a non-swivel chair, right? Uh, American Airlines, their first class chair, it swivels. So uh, you can actually turn, you know, completely to the left and like have a desk and work up there. Um, but those are kind of ones for if you're doing a nighttime flight, I'd probably say just spend the less points, do business class and do first class on a daytime flight. That's a really good overview. I because I never I'm always like, eh. like I flew uh, Japan Airlines business class and there was availability for and it was I booked it through American Airlines. So I could have done it for 80,000 American Airlines miles from New York to Tokyo in first class but i did i was like eh, i'll just do the sixty thousand because i hadn't flown business class in japan airlines before and i was think as i was looking at the seats i was like i'm glad i went for business class because i didn't see that big of a difference when i was comparing them but i mean i think the service is probably where things kind of get different too with that mm-hmm. one yeah absolutely and uh you know don't feel like you have to fly first or business class mm-hmm. to be honest i am notorious for flying economy and premium economy on daytime long haul flights because Mm -hmm. I don't want to pay the premium on points when all I'm going to do is sit up and work on my computer the whole time. I value the life flats when I want to get some sleep. That's that's another thing I was going to say. Premium economy, I think, is something a lot of people sleep on. And I actually, so when I was flying, we went to Ireland and flew through, um, through, flew SAS from, so we ended up flying through, um, like we had layovers and stuff and everything, but flew there on the way there. And this was actually booked it through Ashley's, uh, one of her emails she sent out, Ashley gets around and she, so it was a premium economy on the way there. And then the way back upgraded to business. And then, so was I able to compare the two and obviously business class was better, but I, as far as the value you get, I think premium economy was fine. You get pretty good food and service. And if you're flying with two people, especially versus, flying by yourself if you're flying by yourself you probably want to have that more private you can get up and you don't have to climb across someone to go to the bathroom but with two people i kind of think premium economy for that especially that short of a flight i mean it's what six hours to fly to europe ish six to eight hours so that i'm like i think premium economy and the seat was pretty comfortable i actually slept here's the funny thing i actually slept the whole way in premium economy but on business class i didn't sleep because probably because i was playing with all the gadgets and stuff yeah. <laughs> well, my friend Tommy, he says, you don't fly business class to sleep. You come to take advantage and party is what he says. <laughs> well, maybe not the party part, but you, you don't go, you don't fly business class to sleep. You're there to take advantage of everything, all the food and drinks. Uh, that makes sense. I mean, I, cause I always feel like I'm missing out cause I, if I go to sleep, so that makes me feel better. I'm not the only one who, thinks, who feels that way too. <laughs> So for your session for the Bougie Backpack Virtual Travel Summit, you're talking about epic flights on points. So if you can give us a little bit of a sneak peek, what you're talking about, what what would you say your approach to, to booking epic flights on points is? Yeah, so the way that I look at epic flights on points is flights we can book on points because there are good first class products that we can't book on points. Um that are actually worth it, right? So you wanna have that privacy, you wanna have the good food, you wanna have the good experience. 
So that's how I'm looking at these epic flights. And some of these, or most of these, they actually do fly to the United States. There's going to be a few I'm going to talk about that you can't book, but those are perfect flights if you're trying to do a multi-country trip to take advantage of for that. So uh, we're going to look at like probably the top 10 uh, first and business class products and uh, why they're special, why they're epic. And then I'm going to share some tips on how you can actually book it because it's great to have these aspirational products, but if you don't know how to book it, what are they even worth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's awesome. I think that a lot of people are really going to enjoy that. It's something that, you know, whether or not you your goal is to take epic flights, I think it's everyone's kind of bucket list to do some of these redemptions. And I know you you know your stuff when it comes to that. So I'm really looking forward to sharing this presentation about epic flights on points just because, you know, people want to have those awesome experiences. That's why a lot of people get into points and miles is to elevate their travel so they're not flying economy or they can fly those business and first class products that are so pricey they would never be able to afford it. Because that's why I got into points and miles is because I wanted to fly, you know, business and first class without paying $5,000 or $6,000. But some of these experiences, they go for like $10,000 for a flight. And I don't really know a lot of us that have $10,000 they can drop for one person, <laughs> let alone for a family. So um, definitely want to take a listen to to it to see what you can book and then how you can actually get yourself into the seat. Yeah, I love that. So thank you so much for joining us today, Allison. If we want to find you on the internet, where can we get a hold of you? Yeah, so I can be best found on Instagram at Lucky Tic Tac. Yeah. So I, I'm also uh, the founder of Work Travel Vacations. Uh, I talk mostly about flight reviews and then sweet spots to utilize your points. That's where my passion is, is helping people utilize their points for whatever class of service that they want to find. If you ever find yourself feeling overwhelmed, I do offer one-on-one -on -one coaching services. And then I have an award booking service as well, where I can take on all the searching and, and flight finding. And, and you just got to cut that last 5% and just actually transfer the points and pay for the taxes and fees. Check out Allison's presentation. Don't forget to grab your ticket for the Bougie and Backpack Virtual Travel Summit. You can get lifetime access to all the videos. We'll have the link for that in the show notes as well. And if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a five-star rating and review. If you learned something from Allison, feel free to include that in your review as well. We appreciate everything so we can make sure we make these episodes more enjoyable. And these ratings and reviews really help us so that we can continue to put on this podcast and put on events like the Bougie Backpack Virtual Travel Summit. So thank you. And we'll see you next week. Bye.